You can't always get what you want. It's it's hard not to feel slightly defeated by something like this and to feel like, okay, we need to change all our plans now, especially when we discovered about the earthquake in Mexico. When we were in Cuba, we got stuck due to Hurricane Irma. Weirdly, a few hours before the storm hit, we got free Wi-Fi for the first time in our accommodation, a rarity in Cuba. And, as well as reassuring family and friends we were safe despite the huge hurricane headed our way, we also discovered that wasn't the only natural disaster to be hitting the region. One earthquake quickly followed by another, and a third, we'd soon discover, hit Mexico in quick succession. When you're travelling in one natural disaster, the last thing you want to be doing is planning to spend more time in the aftermath of another. So, we didn't. Welcome to Language Stories, a podcast discovering languages around the world and meeting the people who speak them. I'm Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, a language-obsessed chica on the constant exploration of languages, no matter where I am in the world. In this episode, welcome to Mexico, where we're hearing the story of Nahuatl. Instead of our planned journey up and down Mexico, we decided to stay put in Merida in the Yucatan for six weeks. It was great, and we made the last episode of Language Stories while there, which you should totally check out, FYI. But this did mean we wouldn't get to visit other regions of Mexico, including Mexico City, where we were hoping to meet Siskia, a friend of ours who just happened to have learnt an indigenous language of Mexico, the most commonly spoken, in fact, Nahuatl. And guess what? You already know something in Nahuatl. Definitely everybody knows chocolate. I think I know because, that word. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows chocolate. Uh, it's uh, It comes from the world of chocolate, mm. which uh, I would be wrong to say I know the, <laughs> the etymology of. Which is fine by me, because that gives me an excuse to go down an etymology rabbit hole. Turns out the exact etymology of the word chocolate isn't as smooth as a bar of dairy milk. Of course, we get the word chocolate in English today thanks to the Spanish, who started using it thanks to their exposure to the classic Nahuatl-speaking Aztecs. But that's where things get a little hazy. The exact etymology isn't known, but it could be from the word chicolatl, meaning beaten drink. Remember that chocolate at this stage wasn't great hunking chunks of Toblerone, but rather the beverage variety. And that word chicolatl could well come from the word for the throthing stick used, Chicoli. Let's crawl back up out of our chocolate-flavoured etymology rabbit hole and hear from Siskiyou again, with a little more of an introduction to Nahuatl. So first thing, let's get this out of the way. There's no way you don't know anything about Nahuatl because it's there. It's been, it's a, uh, I like to say that it's the actual Mexican language, but then I would be doing a disservice to all the other Mexican languages because there is actually, I think we're currently at 64 recognised ones. Uh, Mexico is a huge country with a lot of um, national groups. But Nahuatl is definitely the biggest one. There are, I believe, um, currently about 1.5 million native speakers in the world of it. It sadly is not, well, supposedly all of Mexico's languages are all official languages. But uh, sadly, Nahuatl is not the language that most people speak in here. It, you could say that uh, more people speak than Spanish, of course, than English. And then um, probably Nahuatl is like is fighting with French over the third or fourth <laughs> or something like that. We don't actually have numbers, um, but uh, speaking about native uh, speakers, yeah, it's it's got a, a sizable 
amount of speakers in Mexico and outside of in the world. It's worth noting here that unlike Yucatec Maya from the last episode, also spoken in Mexico, Nahuatl isn't a Mayan language. If you haven't guessed it already, it's the language the Aztecs spoke, who definitely weren't the Mayans. There are some similarities between Mayans and Aztecs. Both ancient civilizations built some pretty awesome cities and structures. Both can lay claim to inventing chocolate drink, it seems. And both still have descendants alive today. But the Mayans and Aztecs were and are different. Aztecs lived further up in Mexico than to the Mayans, and it's probably most interesting for us that they spoke different languages. To our non-trained outsider ears, it might sound like Nahuatl, Yucatec Maya and other Mayan and Aztec languages are similar. But that wouldn't be quite a fair judgment. It's unknown exactly as to whether or not the Mayans and Aztecs would have actually met. The ancient Mayan civilization peaked between 250 and 900 AD, whereas the Aztecs didn't actually lay down roots at what is now known as Mexico City until 1325 AD. So with that alone, we can see there's going to be some differences between the two language families. As we discussed in the last episode, Mayan languages refers to a whole language family of around 30 different languages in their own right, spoken in total by approximately 7 million people, spanning from southern Mexico through Guatemala and Belize. Nahuatl, on the other hand, belongs to the Uto-Aztecan language family, which despite having 61 different languages according to Ethnologue, Uto-Aztecan languages are only spoken by just shy of 2 million people, spreading from a small community of Pipil speakers in El Salvador to as far north as the states of Utah and even Idaho in the USA. If your US state geography isn't up to scratch, or you were raised anywhere other than the US and so didn't learn this stuff in school, Idaho is so north it actually touches Canada a little bit. So we're talking quite a large area here. But remember, despite the vast size of land on a map where languages in the Uto-Aztecan family are spoken, with 1.5 million Nahuatl speakers, that's over three quarters of that two million figure for speakers of languages in the whole family, mostly living in central Mexico. So what makes Nahuatl, Nahuatl? The fun thing about Nahuatl, it's um, grammatically speaking a little bit like German, Uh Words, okay. pile up on words to create a new word, I guess you could say. I think that's probably my favorite thing about German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it, it, gives, um, it gives place to some really weird uh, ideas that you can immediately understand and laugh a little bit at. For example, uh, this is a very, very um, recent example. But for example, the subway is uh, the iron serpent. I love it. Like the helicopters are um, metal bugs, metal flying bugs, uh, that kind of thing. Oh, nice. uh, Some speakers of the language say this makes us seem a little bit childish. Let let us try to find uh, modern Nahuatl words that do not translate into that kind of thing. But I personally love it. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with you on that. That is very cool. What I meant about the thing that the one of the things I love the most about Nahuatl and one of the things that uh, attracted me the most to Nahuatl poetry is precisely the fact that uh, all these words carry a different meaning in them and hence different intentions, different nuance. I'm not going to lie, it makes it a lot harder to learn literature and to learn um, the written word in Nahuatl. Mm. But it also is a very fun experience to, mm. as a learner, I guess you could say. I guess it's rewarding. It is rewarding. Yeah. 
Siskiya's mention of poetry got me inspired. I've always been a bit hit and miss with poetry. It was my least favourite bit of English at school. Well, excluding that month we had to read Silas Marner, yawn. But from time to time, when I find a poem I like, it does stick with me and make an impact. With all the research I've been doing lately about languages, some of which are on the brink of leaving the lips of the living forever, I found one that seemed rather fitting. Here's an extract of The Flower Tree by Neza Hual Coyotl. Not forever on earth, only a brief time here. Ohuaye, ohuaye, even jade's fracture, even gold ruptures, even quetzal plumes tear. Not forever on earth, only a brief time here. Ohuaye, ohuaye. Coming up next time on Language Stories, a country in Central America that doesn't use Spanish as its main language, Belize. You've been listening to Language Stories, a podcast by Lindsay Does Languages. If you like what we do and you like video, then head on over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the sister video to this podcast episode. Just search Lindsay Does Languages on YouTube and on our channel, you'll see the playlist for language stories. The great thing about the videos and the podcasts is that they're different. So go ahead and enjoy more about this episode. Once you've done that, the best things you can do to help spread the word about language stories are to tell a friend you know will love this too and leave a review on your favourite podcast directory. That's a fancy way of saying where you're listening to this right now. Reviews help us to get found by new listeners, which is pretty important when you're a tiny new fish in a big podcast pond. And finally, if you have a language story you'd love to share or you know someone that does, get in touch. You can email me at lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. I always love to hear from you. Your feedback helps to shape future episodes. And that's important because without shape, they're just lumps. As always, you can follow me in all the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz, and learn more at lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Until next time, keep learning languages and keep sharing stories. Tataske!